Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. Welcome back to Chewing It Over. I'm Jack Chew, and I come here most weekdays these days, apart from Tuesdays, in which you get an upgrade. You get cover from various different people, including yesterday, the Physiomatters First Step student and new graduate group joined for their first takeover. And so each Tuesday, you're going to have an esteemed co-host who's then taking over in full and hosting it as a guest. And uh, we also have regular features on the show, including Wellbeing Wednesdays, usually the first Wednesday of each month with my friend and colleague, Joe Turner, who's now a partner and co-conspirator on various different projects. It's been a, an amazing thing for me to get to know Joe and her work, and also then have the privilege of being uh, in the position to promote some exciting new ventures that we've got coming up. If you haven't joined us for Wellbeing Wednesday before, we sort of talking around the idea of sort of all the, all the, the side of the industry that is sort of for self-care as well as coaching, people say self-help, various different topics and terminologies. But what we haven't done before is talk a little bit about that very jargon and whether the language is sometimes a barrier for people to engage with it. Uh, me and Joe have spoken before about the fact that there's various challenges for getting people engaged with that. Um, there's also various other topics that people sometimes undervalue compared to let's get the latest in knee research, right? You know, people going for it in, on the clinical topics. And so we get into the weeds on that. And so we wanted to dedicate a show to that. And we've been asking various different people in various contexts, including you lot, as to what does self-care mean to you and some of the language around it. Thanks as ever for tuning in if you are live. And please do, wherever you might be finding this, go into the chat functions and get stuck in there. Whenever I've got a guest on, you're always a bit slow on the uptake. And therefore you get us questions and comments at the last minute and we can't get to them all. So where possible, throw stuff out there as we go along. We'll be posing questions to you as we can. I'm really excited at the fact that I'm now using my new fancy 4G router and things seem far more stable. So there has been some signal issues in recent times and I feel like hopefully we've overcome them. And if we haven't, if it starts glitching, you've got to tell me in the comments section and I'll just have a little sob myself because this is my best fix and i don't have any other ideas uh, but hopefully it's a bit more stable now but anyway without further ado let me strip myself of this little frame and bring in my co-host for today joe turner joe can you hear me yep i can hear you hi fantastic as ever waffly intro from me but that's what we're getting stuck in today isn't it yeah the the jargon the terminology give everyone an insight into why we wanted to go there today well, I wanted to go there because um, full disclosure straight away, I have a problem with the terminology and in particular with self-care. So when I post the question out on um, social media, uh, I don't know, people may have um, perceived that I had an intention to persuade or um, draw people in using that word <coughs> or those, that phrase. But hand on heart, I have a problem with it too. And it's not the two words themselves. I have a problem with but what I struggle with is I love the concept and the really good stuff that's behind it it really bugs me that that words become a, a barrier um, and stop people engaging in some really good stuff so I am not beholden to the words at all and um, I, I guess I wasn't surprised at the response on social media but it was brilliant and thank you so much to all of you that have commented because Actually, most of what I'm going to say today is is highlighting brilliant things that you've said. So I, if I'm quoting you, I won't use your name because I haven't asked anyone's permission. But, you know, off the front, thank you so much for, for all your brilliant comments. Do you want me to explain, Jack, where I think the problems lie and, and the sort of themes that have come up from people's responses? Yeah, definitely, because I think that's something that has been amazing, really. I think that, that our instincts were right, really. I mean, certainly, yeah, you're, you're, I took your lead on it, and but once you'd raised that, 
as an idea it was like yeah even as soon as I scrutinized myself and then asked that question of our audience it was fascinating just how you're not alone uh, or we're not alone in having concerns over some of the terminology and being a barrier to, to entry for something that is important and we've talked about its importance on many other shows so yeah I think that's a good good place to start off really what were the common themes um Katie straight away doubt you'll use mine yes I will Katie <laughs> oh, yeah, now, now, she, now she must do Katie. and I now will quote you then Katie if you're gonna be <laughs> okay but more importantly we've also had a comment from Mohit here who said cuddles test and control oh absolutely i will, I, will uh, I need every excuse of course to, to give them a squeeze but thank you mohit yes i will but anyway do carry on <laughs> yeah so I'll, I'll try and summarize um what i thought the problems were that came up from comments and if i miss things throw them in the comments while i'm talking and we'll bring them all in so i've tried to categorize them so first thing i think is it's a lazy catch-all phrase that tries to encompass multiple things so um, within self-care, when you look up definitions, I, I took some notes of uh, various websites here, there's one. So the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular in during, uh, during periods of stress. Self-care is what people do for themselves to establish and maintain health. It's a broad concept encompassing hygiene nutrition, lifestyle, leisure, environmental factors, social habits, socioeconomic factors, income, cultural beliefs, and self-medication. And then you put it all under this self-care. So first of all, it tries to do too much and it ends up doing nothing. And I think for a lot of people, meaning nothing. Katie did bring that point up and Katie had a specific point, which I really like within that. She said, are you in a covert way trying to ask me to address my mental health? And I thought that was a really interesting question. And I'm I totally get that. It can seem like a really kind of backdoor, or oh, I don't really want to say it, so I'm going to couch it in this very nice, friendly term. Um, my answer to that, Katie, would be, yes, absolutely, mental health comes in that broad umbrella amongst a whole range of other things. I wouldn't say it's, it's directly trying to get people to go straight to that point, but if that's where they need to go, then it might come within it when you actually get into the nitty-gritty. So... Other things, I think the phrase itself now feels lightweight. It brings in notions of Netflix and slippers. And sometimes that's what you need to take care of yourself. But it's been it's been taken on so much by people that want to sell you stuff. Um, yes, you sell you Netflix, sell you bubble bar, sell you nice slippers. Um, do you know, yesterday I was searching and I found a link to an article and it said, um, self-care finally reaches men I was like oh great you know I'll have a look at that because it will be a different tack and I was so disappointed when I realized the whole article was about a load of men's grooming products which had who had chosen to use the phrase self-care in their advertising okay I will keep going <laughs> um well, you could say just out of interest right because that that makes me cringe too yeah and I didn't see it and I would have I would have cringed arguably though as is corporate capitalism it could well be that that is a sign that if some corporate who spent a lot of money on focus groups has then found that that wouldn't alienate their market, then maybe there's something to be said for the fact that that then is an entry point. It's cringe because it doesn't capture the whole thing. But typically, they wouldn't be doing that. And Gillette saw their, their you know, various different occasions. They've seen their stocks plunge when they've attempted bits like that. If they tried to use the same marketing angles to sell Venus as they do their their face raises, it would it'd cut the other way. Mm. But it's just that what I'm getting at there is and trying to take a little glimmer of, of, of support for what we're talking about is that potentially does that suggest that even the even the male 
end of the market is warmer to concepts, if not the terminology, in that direction. Um, and I just wonder if that might be a, a little plus that we could identify. Maybe. I think the headline of the article possibly suggests it, but you know, is it a useful entry point? I, I, I'd say no, because you're already taking people down a route that you actually don't want them to go down. Um, and I think it's really hard then, you've got to backpedal really hard to get them to the, the really good stuff, the really good sensible stuff that is under this umbrella. Um, you know, why use something that you then have to apologise for and, and retract from? Sure. Well, we want to ask the live audience then, what does self-care mean to you? Which is what we've been asking across various different channels on social media or the terminology that surrounds it. What's your general take on it? Is it a barrier to you? Any other questions we want to bait people into the comments section with there, Joe? Well, I think there's there's a slightly heavier and more serious side to this as well. Um, and I go as far as to use the term gaslighting within healthcare. So the term self-care has been used a lot alongside things like um, compassion and compassionate culture. All those things can be really good, but I think there's a really dangerous fine line between um, giving the message, uh, avoiding the message that, there's not really a problem. If you just look after yourselves better, everything will be fine. When there's this massive elephant in the room that services are underfunded, understaffed, staff are absolutely at the end of their tether. So I think you've got to be really careful about, particularly at the moment, how this messaging comes across. Having said that, and to justify things a little bit more, I've got a friend who is an A&E consultant and at the moment, self-care for her is the fact that she's found um, a set of showers in the maxillofacial department, I think, that are underused. And so she takes in, so we are back to product, she takes in a particular shower gel and she has a shower at the end of every, frankly, horrendous session. And that's five minutes. That's all she can do at the moment, but even she is doing something. And against that sort of gaslighting argument, I would say we've got to take it, we've got to acknowledge it and, and give it its due, but also ask the question, if we don't do something, then how do we expect culture ever to change? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think it's something that when people are wanting to be cynical about it more generally, then they will couple it with this notion of resilience yeah. uh, that, that people are then inferring that actually there is nothing but individual fault or that if we only had more resilience and appropriately balanced our lives and, and, our, and our mental health in such a way as if there aren't social forces sometimes outside of our control or even if there are then they're ones to be resilient for rather than trying to suggest that there are changes that could be made to make it a more balanced responsibility from the individual through to groups through to mm -hmm. society at large i think one of the things we're therefore trying to change with some of the messaging around all the work that you're doing and obviously what we're trying to promote is is then it will be of net benefit the tide will rise all ships if everyone comprehends this stuff better and one of the ways in which we know that comprehension will increase if we work on the terminology in such a way that it doesn't exclude which is why you're right there's a this a sort of a more uh, a harshness and hardness to what we need to talk about this for but actually at the heart you know at the heart of it we we know we do need to get the get the terminology right because people will will switch off. Mm. They won't even hear the core message. When we have to think about what could be appropriate then, and we think about what replacement language would be better, or what would be more inclusive of, um, or less corporatized and, and less product laden, what what do you feel would be our our go tos? 
Well, I, I knew you'd ask me that question, Jack, and, and I was thinking about it and I thought, okay, there's a danger now of being drawn into another reductionist term um, when actually the problem is you cannot encompass all of this within one phrase or one word. Um, I I don't know the answer to that at the moment and, and I would love it if we found stuff found words that felt more comfortable um, for healthcare professionals, because that's where my um, heart lies. That's Those are the people I want to support. Um, so I wonder whether what we do is we, we sort of redefine it um, and look at what it actually means in a way that's acceptable to us. So um, Kate, I, I asked Kath Piper if I could use something she sent to me. Kath always comes up with lovely comments on these um, shows and she sent me an article um, and within that was reference to um, right back to Socrates, who apparently talked a lot about self-care and actually used that term. But it was completely it was a completely different concept. So um, the article said that uh, self-care then was cultivation of self, focusing in particular on soul and knowledge of self. Now, actually, Jack, the first thing I ever did with you, you asked me what self-care was. And I said, my interpretation was it was self-knowledge. If I knew then that I'd been directly challenging, uh, channeling Socrates, I'd have picked myself up a bit more. I didn't know that at the time. But they go on to say in this article that self-care isn't self-coddling. It's doing the hard work of examining and improving yourself, but for the good of society and to better save the world. Now, whilst I don't want to overly feed into the fact that healthcare professionals are very focused on doing stuff for other people, to me, maybe that concept sits more comfortably in that, let's face it, we all went into these professions because we want to support and help other people. And therefore the good stuff behind, one of the good things behind self-care is that we, we put ourselves in the best possible position to be that person. And when we are examining all those things that I put under the self-care term at the start and we're improving ourselves in that way, we are better able to deliver good service for longer, be better, not just for our patients, but for the people at home and all the people around us. Um, and, and the other term, I, I wonder whether we need to extend it. So self-care, again, implies that it's all about you, but actually within healthcare, what about collective care? You know, we focus very much on our patient, but where's the, where's the network? Where's the regular support and the, the collective care of each other? I know it's there sometimes, but it's not always particularly consistent or structured. Yeah, I'd be really interested in um, trying to to grapple with what could be, you know, any so the mistake that people make where they think they can replace language and that the, the semantics of that isn't going to shift over time and it's going to need replacing again. It's like a, it's like a, a a weird, clumsy version of clinical or uh, operational in this case political correctness in a way that then you think that you can replace a term but actually the semantics get carried because if its usage is synonymous with what the old phrase yeah. was it's, it's not actually going to move on and we've not actually resolved the underlying issue i want to just reflect on something that has occurred with regards to some of the work that we've been doing through physio matters and and this show with you is that people have then sometimes thought that or wondered or asked me to reflect on and maybe it's something i'll get stuck into more in other shows whether whether there is a hypocrisy there or there's something that's a, a even at best a development away from what our prior models were whereby people say that there's been 
something to some degree confrontational about or, or us exposing uh, what we consider to be anecdotal and uh, algorithmic practice with evidence as physiomatters on a clinical level has been pursuing. And therefore, when um, I'm, I'm then uh, talking about this stuff as if that's going to be like, oh, you know, has something has something changed that you need to therefore declare? Or is it that you consider that to be a continuation, whereas we consider it to be a conflict? That's fascinated me. And what I've come to realize is that actually it's the self-scrutiny on your philosophical priors, the actual act of understanding your own biases, which has been underneath all of our work all along, is actually all that we're suggesting here, but on a on a level that doesn't then lead to a clinical outcome. Right? We've been talking about similar principles, but actually we've been talking about the human interface of reasoning. But in this instance, it's, it's not for effect of how best to treat knee pain. It's actually to a different a different outcome. And I think that that's something that I've come to realize that I don't see there being a hypocrisy there. I don't see there being a paradox there. But I do find that that's something that continues to be something I knock into, which is that people do feel that it is too self-indulgent, a word that we've brought up before. They feel like it is self-centered. They feel like it's actually against the spirit of caring. Um, they don't like the idea that, yeah, but if you can't look after yourself, then you're not going to be there for them next week. They don't really like that. They think that that's sort of uh, you're trying to use excuses. And I think that that's where the pandemic has definitely made people realize that, OK, yeah, my bandwidth is such that it's definitely um, I'm definitely nearer the, the limit of that than I ever thought. And it's sort of opened people's eyes to it a bit. But there's still a cohort that think that actually uh, these things are um, they're not humbling. And to, to look inwards wouldn't be humbling. It would just deepen an arrogance. And, and I think that that's something that continues to need to be regardless of what language we use mm. it feels like that that needs to be sort of pricked at quite significantly so anyway that's some experiences i've been having with some of the feedback we've been getting yeah and it doesn't surprise me at all um so as usual jack there are about three questions and then i'm trying to keep them in my head um sorry so the last bit about yeah and, and again we talked about this the first time we ever did chewing over about this idea of it's self-indulgent if you look inside that is a particular viewpoint which is absolutely fine to hold and you know i'd be the last person to uh to challenge anyone's um right to to believe either way what worries me is there's a bit of a moral superiority both ways so you know in, in to me when someone who is open to a little bit of reflection and analysis uh, i love the words the, the phrase helen used on um linkedin i think she said she sees self-care as the occasional check in the wing mirror um, and analysing your blind spots rather than waiting for the massive car crash because the blind spot was what caused it. So for the people who are open to that, to then hear other people say, I couldn't possibly look inwards because that's self-indulgent. There's kind of a moral superiority about not um, being reflective. But it also goes the other way. And that, that, I think, feeds into the self-care issue. There are lots of people that are heavily invested in it, not necessarily in our industry, but they become very morally superior about if you're, if you're not totally versed with all this stuff and meditating every five minutes, then you know, you're somehow an inferior being. And both of those things are problematic, judgmental, and to me, not compassionate either way. And then to go back to the first part of your question about, um, I think it was more about interactions to do with, you know, clinical expertise or biases or questioning each other. It doesn't mean we stop doing that. Compassion is not avoiding debate. It's about 
putting ourselves in a position where we can go into that with confidence and come out of it without guilt and find solutions rather than just the end that's meh, 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 meh. Yeah, that's mm, I think that's, <laughs> yeah, that's really well done for re realizing how many question marks were in my last rant. That was really impressive. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a, a lovely, a lovely uh, reflection. I, I would, I would wonder, and the only way that that people can sometimes seem to get this uh, when I've then had that as one to ones, because sometimes these are things that might come in, be that anonymously or, or just feedback from listeners but sometimes it's for someone i know that's just reflecting a thought that we're on a conversation about a number of other topics right mm -hmm. social call even especially recently i've just been picking up with friends what do you what does this mean to you uh so that i'm not just narrowly looking at our, our typical audience or in healthcare and, and i think that what what seems to work really and helps a penny to drop that i've found is that you then speak into their their own recognition of what they do that they're just not considering to be self-care right mm -hmm. it's, it's only because of the way that they're defining it or the parameters that they perceive it to to have that that's not something that's for them whereas if you can then you know especially with me you, you know what i'm like how many questions i have a few questions in i can elicit what i seem to me to be what i would consider to be in the category that they're dismissing that they just don't mm -hmm. it's a category error and and so helping them to realize that some of the things that they just aren't allowing to be considered in that category you know, once you bait and switch almost on that they they sort of at least uh, will hear that out you know they, it's, it's more that they are become averse to that and they do think it to be and and also the, the moral superiority is certainly at the moment putting people off meditation something that it's like this this notion that 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 this enlightened higher self that you can tap into if only you could go on a mm -hmm. tibetan retreat for a month and afford to do so then then that there is there is something that you know is is a, a qualifying stamp for a difference in behavior and and, and that is just uh, there is another in of that because it's it just seems so out there so unlikely such a privilege to even be able to do and afford the time to do that that that, that people have to become despondent and think well i don't even want anything to do with that because I know how ridiculous it sounds relative to my yeah, grind that, at the moment. That's the point, Jet, how ridiculous it sounds. And I think that brings us back to this language issue. So you're right, people may be engaging in behaviours which for them actually are taking really good care of themselves, but in their mind they've then gone, oh, but that's self-care and I hate that. Oh, and that's meditation and that's what, you know, Buddhists do and I haven't got time for that. Um, you know, meditation for me is a chance to give my poor overworked brain five minutes to chill out. Um, and you know if that's a more acceptable description then who cares you, but that's what i mean that's where the the language is keeping us away from some really good stuff and some really helpful stuff it's brilliant yeah, some great some great comments and questions coming in helen's has just popped up and been a, been a certainly one that's important anecdotally i often find patients with persistent pain really struggle with it too and especially if she's meaning mindfulness meditation type aspects as well as maybe even the broader self-care aspects i totally agree helen i've experienced that too and i think that that's where Again, uh, I suppose some of the things I've just mentioned uh, in my experience has helped, whereby you, you're trying to make them realize that this isn't something that's detached from some of the things they already do. Mm -hmm. And you individualize it rather than it feeling like something that other people can do. And, and we obviously have that a bit with exercise, you know, done well. We kind of realize that um, people people's perception of, well, gyms are for healthy people. Um, sometimes we've kind of come around as physios to working out angles to change that perception. Maybe we need to try and help do that. Uh, for ourselves and for others um, to reframe it with, with self-care. There's a few others that I've flashed up already, but uh, Alistair Beverly saying about semantics and stigma associated with words. He knows a, a fair bit about that. Mm. And Alistair, please remind me, I need to get you uh, in the diary to come on the show and, and get stuck into some of that stuff. 
a uh, account called Thriller72 on YouTube has said, is it more of a cultural attitude that we're expected to work until we drop? That speaks to a lot of the things that seem to be motivating you to really get this out there, Joe. Mm. Do you think that that is the healthcare culture full stop? I think that's that's the gaslighting thing I was referring to. You know, um, you know, let's face it, the people are working in conditions at the moment that in the NHS that are asking asking of people what is beyond human tolerance, really. Let's let's be frank. Um, and are there any other industries that would have even held together in the way that the NHS was being held together before the pandemic, let alone now? You know, I think there is a there's just a, a kind of acceptance that people in healthcare will, as that comment said, work until they drop. And then, you know, do we adopt that? Um, you know, is, is, is burnout inevitable? Well, the work until you drop has become quite literal as well, right? The vulnerability that people are under chronic stress are having to this particular pathogen, but certainly there might be worse to come in that direction. We're only lucky at the death rate that coronavirus has rather than it being anything. There's no reason why this couldn't have been more like, say, MERS or Ebola. And we'd have probably had a similar, you know, and, and so it's literally, it's not just a metaphorical burnout and psychological thing now. It's that the fact that these things we know have proxies to people's vulnerability to developing pathogens and that work until they drop quite literally, especially early doors mm -hmm. in the pandemic prior to us getting our shit together with PPE. So it's, it's something that we need to start taking more seriously and finding it's important for us to work on the language because it's such an important topic. This is not something it's like, well, maybe if we could just get the language better mm. and maybe we could raise standards it's like well the consequences of not doing right it's like what what is more important the interface that we're using to develop health in a public sector at the moment especially but generally across healthcare is the interface between the therapist and the patient right and you need those people to have not just the relationship between them but from the, to be able to exist for the for the therapist to turn up to work the therapist to be able to be present for a number of people a day it, it's something that what what uh, is so un unstable and, and, and unsustainable about the um, about the industry at the moment is the hope. Everyone's just crossing their fingers, aren't they? There's not anything proactive being done about that. Now you've got an in joke here from Evie Martin. I, I can only assume <laughs> yes. that I need to uh, you need to, to clarify for me. Yeah. So Evie put this up on Twitter yesterday. This was her. Um, this is what she considered a better definition of self-care time investment in conservation and optimization of attentional bandwidth. Um, Evie, there are lots of long words and I'm not even quite sure how to paraphrase that. But yeah, Evie thinks that TikoAB is the new um, self-care. <laughs> well, Evie, as catchy as that is. <laughs> it doesn't uh, quite hold up when I sort of walk it through, I can, I can understand why she's getting up with it. Not sure it's going to catch on quite so much, but we might need to do a bit of a branding exercise together. Evie, interesting name to have come up. Obviously, a former guest on the show and doing great work at the moment, but also someone that I know um, at various different intervals on social media. She, she um, uses some of Sam Harris's work, an American philosopher and neuroscientist who is a, a, a big podcaster in the US. Evie often reflects on some of his work. And what's interesting is that he's, a, he's someone that um, massive proponent of meditation and mindfulness, et cetera, amongst many other things and an interesting character, but certainly someone that I will admit um, definitely goes into the, uh, he's, he's very much someone that people avoid engaging with because of that proponent and moral superiority that seems to come as a proxy uh, to the meditation and the way in which there's this enlightened, enlightened othering 
uh, of him and his his cronies that that are able to indulge in that side of it um, in a really specific way. So, you know, as I say, uh, not to pick on that particular thing, Evie, it's just a, your name is sometimes synonymous with some of Sam's work recently, and it's something that just cropped up, and so something that we probably will discuss on other other shows. Uh, Joe, just before we wrap up, and thank you so much to everyone that's engaged with us here, uh, just tell folk again how they can... Um, find you on social media and also some of the other things we've we've got in store that you might want to uh, give any leaks to yeah so as ever my catchy twitter handle is at turner fizzy joe um and you can find me on linkedin i probably put more of this type of stuff on linkedin and um yeah coming soon is a website um and I guess a sort of a movement, really, that I have called Mehab. Um, and that sounds like I have just orchestrated this entire conversation to come around to that phrase um, and back at you, Evie. I think you even suggested maybe that was the, the next word. It isn't. And I promise you I didn't construct this so that then I could go, Mehab is the new word. But actually, Mehab is the word for a new platform, um, which is it's a space for resources, signposting to things that might help, um, webinars eventually, and a community for people that are open to at least having conversations about this stuff. And, and you know, as you can tell from this conversation, I have not worked all this stuff out, but I am really determined to make this acceptable and work within healthcare. And Mehab is, is the next stage in that, as well as the You Matter podcast, which starts uh, in a couple of weeks time. Absolutely, yeah. And you, you can uh, rest assured that we'll be certainly promoting uh, both of those things loudly and proudly and are proud to be involved in both those projects. Certainly, I think that the uh, examples that I'm saying uh, with regards to self-care and also just scrutinizing your own philosophical priors, right? They're not, you know, the, the latter is less of a catchy term, but essentially, if you think about what that would encompass, then people need to realize that there's plenty that they're already doing that could come under that. And let's not keep making the same category errors that sometimes exclude people from what is important, thoughtful work that can stop all the noise being about said, you know, resilience and the risk of gaslighting people into inferring that that's just something for someone to, you know, pull the socks up. And, uh, and and get on with and, and that just doesn't feel sustainable so thanks as ever joe for being no for provoking us with these thoughts uh, and also uh, please do make sure if you're tuning in to to look into joe's work and get her followed on social media as well as of course all our social media handles of which you might be visiting uh, for even accessing this show if you are wanting to get this in audio format only and that was something that you want to catch up on between shows when you're not able to get the videos or participate live then it is across all podcast platforms spotify apple google podcasts that sort of stuff uh, just search for chewing it over and you'll find it and many of you are doing so thank you so much for those that listen after the fact and then get back in touch and and help to inform what future shows we have so that's enough from us thanks a lot as ever and we'll speak again soon joe no doubt yeah thanks jack thanks everyone